clicker going to work. We're going to try this this morning. Can y'all see it changing? Y'all can't see that? Oh, there we go. Great. All right, so who's got it, me or you? All right, I've got it. All right, good deal. All right, Romans chapter 12, folks. Yeah, we're trying something new today. There may be a few kinks along the way, but just try to focus on the message. All right, so uh, Romans chapter 12, we're going to be talking about renewing your mind. Okay, renewing your mind is what we need to really address today. And it actually is very um, foundational in the Christian life and and for us to live our our day-to-day lives following what Jesus Christ has for us. So in Romans chapter 12, let's go ahead and read through this briefly. And then we'll get into what we really want to talk about. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Y'all have heard me say this verse a lot. I love this verse. I like it a lot. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay, this means that you are going to live your life sacrificially putting yourself aside in order to do the will of God. Holy, acceptable, not to anyone else. We're not to be concerned with being acceptable to anyone else except for God. The sacrifice that we're willing to make with our bodies and our lives should be acceptable to God regardless of what man thinks. God is our priority, so therefore we sacrifice our lives for his honor, his glory, and his purpose which is your reasonable service. service. So let me ask you this. How many of you all heard my, my spill on this? Is it reasonable? Yes, absolutely, 100%. It's reasonable for God to ask you to sacrifice your life because the price he paid for you on the cross. It is completely reasonable for God to ask for everything that you possibly have in order to serve him. All right? And that's what he does ask. He does ask for everything. He asks for a total sacrificial life for his purpose. He asks for everything. But what's good about that is you can afford it. Correct? Yes. You can afford everything that you have. You can't afford more than what you have, but God is asking for 100%, not 110. He's asking for everything, and that's a good news because you can afford it. You can actually do that. You can give your your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. All right? Conformity is something he's saying, look, do not have any part of that. So what is conformity? Conformity is basically fitting into the environment of your surroundings. Okay? It's just, it's just kind of just kind of laying it down there. Whenever I see conformity, I think of like you have whatever kind of melted substance that goes into a mold. It just takes the shape of wherever it flows and it just kind of, it's conformed to whatever the surroundings are saying it should be. Now, when it comes to living your life as a Christian, we are called not to conform to this world. Okay, conforming to this world is very easy. All you have to do is relax. Okay, just relax and take it in and you will be shaped according to the things that you take in. But you don't want to do that, okay? What do we want to do? We want to be transformed. We want to be something new, something different. We don't want to go with the, the flow of the, what the world is telling us where we need to go and trying to push us into a certain box and say, look, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. This is what we're doing now. We're moving forward. Look, this is, this is the way things are. 
You know, we don't want to conform to that. But Paul is he's, he's telling these, um, when he's writing to the, to the Romans, he's saying, but be transformed. I want you to be transformed. And how does that transformation take place? He gives us instruction. The very next phrase is what? By the renewing of your mind. Okay, by the renewing of your mind is where this transformation takes place. And then eventually it's manifested in your lifestyle. Does that make sense? So the transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. And that's going to be the topic of today. And we're going to start to dig into that. Now, our minds are battle zones. Anybody ever had a mind struggle in your own brain? Yeah. This battle zone is where Satan, he'll try to gain control of your mind and your way of thinking. He'll start sending missiles of negative thoughts and distractions in order for us to take in negative information to destroy and separate us from God and also to distract from our worship and to doing his will. The mind is a very, very strong thing. And Satan knows that and he tries to attack our minds constantly. And it's very, it's, it's very important for us to understand that the things that we allow into our minds, it's going to affect the things that you do. What you think is what you do. The battle is raging in our minds, and the message that we're going to be going through today, it'll help us to prepare ourselves for those battles that we face every single day. How many of you like milkshakes? Okay. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, you're, or you, I don't think you are Christians, but Okay. That's an outstanding milkshake. That's the ingredients for a really good milkshake. You got ice cream. I prefer Bluebell homemade vanilla. Milk, but you got to have the right consistency. You can't have too much milk because you don't want it too runny. You can't have too much ice cream because when you try to suck it through a straw, you get that vein that pops out of your forehead. So it's got to be the right consistency. And if you're really going to step things up, you put Oreo cookies in there. And if you like a little bit more chocolate, some chocolate syrup. Now, that's a fantastic milkshake. And you put it into the blender. You mix it all up. You, you mix it all up. Then you pour it out. And it kind of just plops into the glass. That's the, way, that's the way you want it to happen. And then you really enjoy a nice milkshake, right? How many of y'all want a milkshake right now? Yeah, sounds great, doesn't it? Well, you're in luck because in the foyer. No, just, just kidding. So that makes a really good milkshake. Those are the ingredients that if you were to throw into a blender, you blend them up really nicely and you come out with a really good milkshake, right? Well, what if we start adding this stuff? Sardines. What if we reduce the ice cream with clam juice? What if we add in rotten eggs? It's no longer a good milkshake, is it? But you've got all these other good ingredients, right? Yeah, you've got all these good ingredients, but yeah, you're going to add all this garbage in there. And even if you like sardines, there may be a couple of you. Even if you like sardines, this does not make a good milkshake. That will make a good milkshake into a bad one, okay? So this is garbage that we're putting into a milkshake. But I want you to understand, now, how many of y'all would eat that milkshake or drink that one? No, we don't want it. But the thing that I want you to see here is if you have the right ingredients, when you put them into a blender, you come out with a good milkshake. But whenever you put garbage into the milkshake, into the blender, it vastly um, alters and radically changes and affects what comes out of the blender. Does that make sense? You put garbage in, you get garbage out. That is a nasty milkshake. But also, with the truth that if you put 
what you put into a blender radically affects the outcome of the milkshake. But what you put into your brain and what you put into your mind and what you feed your soul with will radically affect the outcomes of your behavior. What you think determines how you behave. And what you believe determines how you behave. You know, we're constantly bombarded in this world with messages every day through advertising, through television, movies, music. And each of these messages we receive affects our values and our views concerning normal life. How many of you can look back over the last 25, 30, 40, 50 years and see just the general consensus of what normal life is? Has it changed? The ideas of what normal life is taught changed drastically. Drastically. What is acceptable on TV nowadays was not accepted 20 years ago, but now it's just considered what? Normal TV. So the messages that we do take in, the messages that we process through our minds and does dramatically influence ourselves if we don't have a handle on it. And we're constantly bombarded with these messages and they do affect how we live. Now, I know none of us really appreciate the work that Hitler did, evil man, but he did say something very smart. Well, he was actually a very intelligent man. He just used his knowledge for evil. He says, if you tell a big lie long enough and frequently enough, it will be believed. He says, you're more likely to believe a big lie rather than a small lie. Right? He was able to lead people and, and deceive people and create a huge huge force in the world. But I want you to understand what we allow into our hearts, what we allow into our mind, it will affect your values, your attitudes, your beliefs about life and what you say and how you say it and the actions and the choices that you make is determined and can be altered by what you put into your mind and what you allow to come into your mind. So going into uh, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Starting in verse 2 again, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we want to understand what does it mean to renew our mind? What does that mean? I mean, how many of y'all have ever renewed something, restored something? You made something new again. And, and the basic things, whether it's a car, an engine, a house, or a building, or just tools in and of, in of itself, you've got to take out the bad stuff and replace it with good stuff. Okay, you've got you to rip out everything that's bad, tear out everything that's bad, tear out the parts that are damaged, repair those things, and make them new again. So you take out the bad, you take out the garbage in order to put the things good and quality back in their place. You want to renew those things, you want to rebuild those things, and that's how you do it. The bad's got to come out, and then you've got to replace it with the good. If you have an old rusted car, you take all of the rust out, guess what? You don't really have a complete car. You've got to replace it with something else, don't you, in order to make it new again. But you have to, con when it comes to renewing your mind, now the, the sense here is a, is a continual renewing of your mind for the purpose that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You need to be able to continue, continually fill your mind in order to renew it. Fill your mind with God's word, renew with God's word daily, consistently, and habitually. And only then will you be able to keep your mind and your thoughts pure. 
So it requires us to get rid of the garbage, but we also have to put things good. We're going to rebuild our minds, and in doing so, and in taking in the Word of God on a daily basis, really taking it in and really making it a part of us, hiding God's Word in our hearts that we might not sin against God, doing what the Word of God tells us to do, on the inside will transform us from the inside out. And that's where the transformation comes from. It comes from within your mind. Now, whenever I'm talking about your mind, I'm not talking about your brain. Okay, the innermost being of who you are, your heart, your soul. It can, whenever you start talking about brain, mind, and all those types of things, it'll, it'll, there's, there's a lot of information out there, okay? But what I want you to understand, we're not talking about just memorizing things. We're talking about taking things and hiding them in our hearts and our innermost being and allowing them to transform us through the truth. And what we believe and once we have an understanding of what the Word of God is and we have it on our hearts, we have it to draw from in order to make the choices of life which will be a transformation of our lives. So the first thing I want us to take a look at today, when it comes to renewing our mind, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The first thing that you have to do is you have to guard your mind. You have to guard it. Be careful with what you allow into your mind. And how do things typically enter your, in, enter your mind? Usually by sight, by sound, the information that we take in. Okay, the learning that we do. When you read your Bible and you read the Word of God, it comes in through your eyes and through your ears and you, it comes in and it becomes a part of you. But you have to be very careful with what you allow into it. Be careful with where you lay your eyes. Be careful for what you listen to. Because what, what, um, what Solomon says here in, in the book of Proverbs in verse 23, he says, keep your heart with all diligence. Now, don't believe he's talking about the blood pumping organ that's in our chest, right? Because if we look over at verse 4, he says, let your heart retain my words. Okay, this blood pumping organ is not about keeping, um, it's not about, uh, has nothing to do with memory at all. But he's talking about your mind, your consciousness, your soul, who you are. He's saying, keep guard of this. He says, keep your heart with all diligence. He gives it a very big priority. He says, keep your heart means to guard your thoughts, watch your mind, be careful with what you allow into it. But he also adds on there, with all diligence. This is something that we have to make an effort in order to do. Because as we said earlier, you are bombarded with messages from the world through advertising, TV, movies, music, everything. You are being bombarded with messages. And you need to be able to discern which ones to keep out. You need to guard what goes into your mind. If you're standing by someone who's making a milkshake, your milkshake, and you start to see them open up a can of sardines, are you going to stop them? Yeah, that's, oh, and that's my milkshake, okay? I don't like sardines in my milkshake. So whenever it comes to seeing the messages and they come to us in this world, we got to say, whoa, hold on, this is my mind for which I am responsible. I don't want that garbage in my mind. And you have to be willing and ready to guard yourself, um, guard yourself from the things that come in. And the first step is what we have to do whenever we're looking at this as far as how do we guard our mind. You know, what's the, what's the analysis that we need to see as far as what we're actually taking in? And the first thing you want to do is you want to think, ask yourself the question, well, what do I dwell on? What's on the forefront of your thoughts most of the time? Mostly that, most likely that's what's going to be, 
being fed, either most recently or in amount. What are you thinking about the most? What do you dwell on? And then you start looking through the things that you do throughout your week or throughout your months and throughout your year, and you say, well, what am I allowing into my mind? Now, I understand there are times where we are just bombarded with these messages, and we're not willingly choosing to go to those things, but however, they're coming in and they're coming at us. But what do we consciously choose to put into our hearts and into our minds? What do we allow in at a, with, um, with um, uh, you know, complete and total will on our own? The, the choices that we make intentionally to feed ourselves, whether it's through TV, whether it's through movies, whether it's through books, whether it's through magazines, whether it's through music, or relationships that we have, you know, some of the music that we listen to, um, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of it because I don't, I don't ever pick up on words. Okay, I'm a musician. I listen to instrumental stuff, but that's really no excuse. All right? I'm listening to like, music that I listened to whenever I was in you know, high school, and I'm, I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm actually catching the words this time 20 years later. But those things will have an effect on you. But when also when it comes down to music, I want you to understand, for whatever reason, country music seems to get a buy, right? Do you all have an understanding about that? It just seems to have a buy. You know, I've known, you know, Christian parents, you know, in churches for whatever reason, oh, it's, it's a country station, it's fine. They'll allow the kids to listen to country as long as well, it's, it's fine because it's country, right? It sounds like Southern gospel, right? Y'all can laugh as a joke. Because it sounds like the music we did in church, therefore you can listen to it on the radio. But I will tell you, I mean, some of those country music, some of the country music is just as sexually explicit as any of the gangster rap is. I mean, you'll find those things. So you have to be careful with what you're allowing and, be, and use some discernment and use some sense that God has given us and to evaluate those things to whether or not they are good or evil, whether or not we should be feeding our minds with it or whether we should not be, whether we should be guarding our minds from it. And I'm going to let you know, whether it's, whether it's wrapped by a thug or whether it's sung by a cowboy, garbage is garbage. And we need to make sure that we hold, hold those things out. So whenever it comes to evaluating those things, we need to ask ourselves, what are the values that are here? Do they line up with what the Word of God says? Are they true? What are the messages that are there? You know, would you be willing to stand up, stand up in front of your family or your church family and read the lyrics or, or play the movie or do any of those things? What are the values? What are the messages? Are they accepted by God and are they approved by God? And would it be pleasing to God for those things? And a lot of you may think, well, what are the effects on my life? It doesn't really matter. I'm, I mean, I can watch it, but it doesn't really affect me. Come back to Romans chapter 12 real quick. You can keep your place there. I think we're almost done with, with um, Proverbs. You say, well, it really doesn't have an effect on my life. I like what he said, because this verse is for those of us who may, may think that we, we can, we can do, do with these things. But in verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. We have to understand, folks, we are, we are weak and we are prone to sin. We have a sin nature that likes sin. It likes pleasure in sinful things. And we have to be careful with that because, and, and think soberly you know, with that thing in mind. You know, we have to have an understanding that, we, that we, we, are, we, are, we live in a fallen world, we have a sinful nature, and we need to guard ourselves from it. 
It's not that we're going to be snobs and just be, turn our nose, but it's a realization of how weak and prone we are to sin, and we want to guard ourselves from it. We don't want to allow those things into our minds because what we allow into our minds becomes a part of who we are, and once it becomes a part of who we are, it's manifested out in our behavior. What you believe determines how you behave. If you believe the Word of God is the true Word of God, then therefore you will behave like the Word of God is the Word of God. And that it can have a governing effect on your life. So what you believe definitely determines what, you know, how you behave. Now back to Proverbs chapter 4 again, sorry. I did miss this part. It says, for, it says keep your heart with all diligence for the purposes, for, for out of it spring the issues of life. This is what one, one, uh, one man wrote about this. He said, the thought expressed here is that what people think what is in their minds determines how they will act. The place of origin of how you behave is in your mind. What you think determines how you behave. And really you're thinking like, well, this is kind of crazy, but, but to really think about it. What you really believe determines how you behave. If we don't live our lives according to what the Word of God says, even though we know what it says, what are we really truly saying? I believe that my way is a little bit better than what the Word of God is. I can't trust the Word of God in this certain situation because I can't see the, the lasting influence or I can't see the immediate reaction that's going to happen, so therefore I'm going to choose this rather than following what the Word of God says. And in that, what's being revealed is you truly don't believe what the Word of God is saying over what you feel may be right. So you've got to be very careful you have to renew your mind with the very word of God. And in renewing your mind, it will change the way you behave because it will change you and transform you from the inside to the out. So you must guard what you allow into your mind. So it's not so much what you are as what you are, you are what you eat as much as it is as you are what you think, all right? Yeah, so what you allow in here can affect you dramatically, just like the milkshake. Put garbage in, you blend it up, you're going to get garbage out. Whenever you allow garbage into your mind and into your brain and it becomes a part of you, guess what? Garbage out. All right, step two. Can y'all read that or is that still too small? Oh, you're putting your glasses on. Okay, so it's too small. All right, step two is going to be Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. So not only do you need to really tear the garbage out that's in our brains. Now, that's going to be a difficult thing to do to eliminate memories. Some memories that we have, even sinful memories, are burned in our brains, and for whatever reason, we can't get rid of them, right? Or am I the only one? Okay, we have those things in our minds and we just wish they would just go away. We just pray to God to, to erase those from our memories or better yet, we use them in order to not sin against him again in the same way in the future or to better help someone who's going through the same thing. But however, we need to remove the garbage. We've got to guard our minds. But whenever we're renewing something, remember we take the bad parts out, we eliminate the bad, and then we have to replace it with what? New and better functioning parts. So that brings us to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, you are responsible for what is in your mind. Look at, look at here in Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good rapport, if there is anything virtue, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So he's given us a really good list here of things that we want to actually entertain our brains with, correct? So these are things I want you to meditate on. These are the things that I want you to make your focus. Don't focus on the things of the world. Don't focus on the things that are lies. Don't, think, don't focus on things that are unlovely or unjust. But I want you to focus on these things here, things that are true. And truth is real. There is a such thing as truth. And it's found in Jesus Christ. Those are those things that are noble, which are, honor, that are honest and honorable. Just, what's righteous, what is right, what is good. Focus on those things. Pure, those things that are free from stain or defilement. Whatsoever things are lovely, I'm not talking about something that's beautiful, but pleasing and lovable in the eyes of God. Things that are of good rapport, things that are well speaking. And it says, if there is any virtue or anything praiseworthy, these are the things upon which we are to focus on. Now, these things here have a lot of competition, don't they? In this world. Out of the list that he's given us, these things that are true, just, pure, lovely, of good rapport, virtuous, and praiseworthy. We have those list of things upon which we are to meditate. Do we get more of that or do we get more garbage thrown at us every day? We get more garbage, right? So if we're just going to just take in information and allow it to, um, and if we're just going to just take in the information as it comes to us, what's going to happen? Conformity. Conformity. A transformation requires effort on our parts. It requires us to do the meditating on these things. It requires us to put those things that are, that are listed in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 in front of us and to absorb those things and put those things in our hearts that we can know and know the will of God and follow it. That way it can transform us from the inside out and the, the word of God becomes a part of us. It will be manifested in our lifestyle in the world that is conforming. You must be transformed by the renewing of your mind is what Paul is talking about. He's saying we must meditate on these things, dwell on these things. And the question we have to ask our, ourselves is what are we willingly choosing to put in front of ourselves? Do they meet the criteria that is laid out in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8? Does it meet the standard of that? And if it doesn't, we definitely don't want to meditate on those. We need to find something that is pure, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good rapport, virtuous, and praiseworthy. And focus on those things. Meditate on those things. Because when doing so, that's where the transformation happens. And I, I would dare say, I believe that everyone here has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, has a desire to be Christ-like, has a desire to live throughout this world just like Jesus Christ calls us to. But if we're going to do that, we have to be willing to renew our minds with his word in order to be transformed into his likeness degree by degree. We've got to be willing to take action in doing it. We have to ask ourselves the questions, really take an inventory of what we're feeding ourselves. What's in our homes, what's in our work, what's in our trucks, what's in our cars, what are the things that we read? 
what's on our cell phones. Really take an inventory of what we have. Are they honoring God? Are they glorifying God? Do they meet the criteria of, of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8? As we, as we prepare for a time of invitation during this, as we start to conclude this, this message this morning, what I want you to understand in hearing is that renewing your mind, it means that you've got to be willing to come to the Word of God, putting your opinions, your emotions, your desires, and your preconceived ideas aside, and you must allow the truth of the Word of God to speak to you. You must come to the Word of God as a student of the Word, allowing it to be a part of you and allow it to transform you into the person that Jesus Christ is calling you to be. And a lot of times, and even in my life, even the things that I was taught, even in church, required a renewing of the mind. I had to allow the Word of God to speak to me. And the truth of the Word of God will not lead you astray. But are you willing to be transformed? Are you willing to do what it takes to renew your mind? Are you willing to guard your mind from the garbage and fill it with the Word of God and fill it with the truth of His Word? Are you willing to go through the effort that it's going to make to have that transformation? The transformation can happen, but it's got to come when you renew your mind. So what does that look like? Real briefly. In Romans chapter 12, again. The results of this transformation is what Paul is going to move forward and encourage them. The lifestyle looks like this. If you start in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, it says, let love, without, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly and affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, disturbing to the ends of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no, repay no one with evil for evil. Have regard for the good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. That would, that would mean we would need a huge transformation. We need, a transform, we need a transformed life. And in doing so, it requires us to renew our minds Stop feeding it garbage. Fill it with the very words of the word of God, the truth, and you will be transformed. Let's stand, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We thank you so much for the ability to come and worship. Father, I pray that you are speaking to hearts and minds here today. Father, if there's someone who needs to make a commitment to guard their minds, if someone who needs to 
commit to emptying the garbage of their mind. There's someone in here who needs to make a commitment to fully committing to uh, filling their mind and, and their heart with your word and to fellowship with you even on a deeper level. Father, I pray that, that that's done now. Father, I pray that you would just uh, bless, the, bless the decisions that will be made. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.